Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOSB, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOSB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors, sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Duncan. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. This is the captain. Brace for impact. Hello, hello, hello. Davey Portman here. From up next, postwrestling.com, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict. Thank you for finding us. We are up next, and this today is Deep Impact. And I want to say welcome back to Andrew Thompson. I am back. Uh, good, good sir, Davey. I, I have I have a, a quick statement to make real quick. Just, just, uh, just, for, just for everybody out there, I am going to confirm. Davy Portman is a, a is a hell of a human being, and that's all I got to say. Oh, thank you very much. So are you. I've missed you. I've missed you. <laughs> Cino's great. I, I love chatting with Cino as well, but uh, it's not often I get to talk to you, Andrew. So it's it's always nice doing this uh, Tuesday impact. Uh, how have you been? How's everything going? I'm doing well, man. I appreciate you asking. Uh, once again, I'm going to reiterate just off that point. Davy is a very good person. Uh, <laughs> ch- ch- checked in on me, man, to make sure I was all good. Very much appreciated, and I'm very much looking forward to uh, to covering this um, semi-eventful episode of Impact Wrestling. Yeah, I, I think I think semi-eventful is maybe the the right way to put it because we do have the AEW champion Kenny Omega in the house in Impact tonight, uh, which is always newsworthy, and they're starting the build for the match at Rebellion uh, between Rich Swan and Kenny Omega. Winner takes all. Um, but yeah, maybe, maybe on the lower side this week, I, maybe we're, uh, we're tipping people off already with how we felt about this week's impact, but, <laughs> uh, we'll be getting into that very shortly, but, um, things are kind of crazy this week in, uh, in Toronto and for me, uh, personally, because Friday night at 6pm, um, Doug Ford announced that bars and restaurants can open again for outside service the next mm. day. So we had a good kind of 12 hours to get ready to reopen and me go back to work and everything. So I've been working quite a bit the last few days um, back at the restaurant, which has been 
great. It's been really good uh, being able to go back and just uh, kind of uh, change my routine a bit and see different faces and earn money, which is always nice. So um, obviously doing it all very safely. We're kind of a bit worried in Toronto right now because there's all talks about a third wave and I wouldn't be too surprised if we're locked down once again, but it's been nice. Got to got to work the couple of the last couple of days and not be stuck in a basement in front of a microphone talking wrestling. So it, it did make a nice change. That's that's actually good, yeah, man. I'm glad you got back in the uh, in, in, in the groove of things, man. It's always good. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was nice just to get back into your, your not your former uh, regular swing anymore. So you you back you back in the back in the mix. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that was like just a good lure refresher right there for you honestly it, it's put me in such a good mood the last few days um it's amazing how just like a, a change like that can really really affect you and uh yeah and Braden and i are currently looking for a brand new bde we're looking to move may first hey. so you know it's kind of nice to have a job when you're when you're looking for places to move it's it's kind of important it's something landlords tend to like to know if you're working <laughs> or not so so that's definitely helped um, but as always, uh, wrestling's very news worthy every single day. Uh, you are Mr. News at post wrestling. Um, what's, what's been happening? Uh, is it, is there any kind of news out there we need to discuss today? Uh, man, it's, it's been a lot of stuff going on. Of course, we, uh, we, we, we got to mention, uh, the NXT stuff because you and Braden will be back, uh, on March 24th, uh, with, with a new episode of, of up next a, a loaded episode of nxt look like i am very much looking forward to seeing walter versus drake maverick <laughs> that is going to be hilarious right there but uh yeah that danny birch man uh separated shoulder confirmed by wwe nxt tag team titles are vacated do you think they they're gonna do another tournament or like do you think they just going like I, I i think if they like if there's not going to be a tournament and there's just going to be like a regular match the first team i'm looking at is grizzle young veterans and then eventually having uh msk taking the titles off them somewhere down the line because i i assume uh wesley is is good to go again now isn't he he's been do- doing physicality on nxt no he, he he's not clear yet not he's yet. not clear yet okay mm-hmm. um yeah i mean i i think they're addressing this tomorrow i think grizzled young vets is probably the right way to go I feel we've we've just finished a tournament, so I, I don't particularly like the idea of the tournament. But if Wesley can be ready soon, I can see mm-hmm. as a babyface team and them winning the Dusty Cup, maybe they offer it to them and they go, hey, no, we've got beef with these guys and we want to prove it by beating them again. Something like that would be cool. And then you could have the title match. Um d- do you know how how long he's out? Will he be ready for takeover in three weeks? Uh, I I don't know like the exact sure. date about about that, but I do know he did post uh he posted something on Instagram about like he he's just waiting to be clear so he can start smacking fools in the face again. So yeah. I like I'm I'm pretty sure it's just a thing of like he he can do like the you know I'm guessing like the the in ring I mean the outside of the ring stuff you know sure. slight physicality, but like as far as like him going in there going full blast, like I, I don't think they. They they are fully cleared him for that yet, but I mean we I'm pretty sure we're gonna see uh, takeover coming up, like you said, two night takeover, mm. uh, and it's it's it's, it's, an, it's gonna be an eventful uh eventful week in, in pro wrestling as a whole that week, man. I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be busy. It's gonna be very busy. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, and you've got to feel sorry for Danny Birch. He's one of the people. Yeah. I believe he was in the very first class of NXT. 
Um, and he did leave for a little bit, but he's he's been there for such a long time. And I'm a big fan of this tag team. I haven't been a big fan of this title run. It, it's felt very much on the on the back seat the whole time. But uh, for it to end this way is always a shame. And um, yeah, just hope Danny Birch heals up soon and can can come back and get a rematch for those titles down the line. Yeah. Um, yeah. I got to get your thoughts though before we get into impact this week. Fastlane. Um been seeing all the all the opinions on on Twitter and listen to John Way's podcast uh on it and uh I think I'm I'm in the minority. I I had a thoroughly enjoyable evening watching Fastlane the other day, but uh I know the fiend stuff is very polarizing for a lot of people. <laughs> um what what are your overall thoughts of the show? So See the thing, I, I think it's like just so. I, first, let me say this: when WWE ends their pay per views early, I'm, I'm I'm very much into them. Like when it starts early, ends early, like that three, maybe that two hour, maybe hits three hour gap. Like I'm, I, I can do that. Like especially when it ends before 11 p.m. Like I think that's thumbs up for me always. Uh, but like just to show overall, like it. See, see the thing. I, the, the thing is like. It, it feels like WWE, they kind of slap these unnecessary pay-per-views before WrestleMania. Like, I feel like after the Royal Rumble, there should be nothing in between that and WrestleMania. You should just build everything straightforward to your biggest show of the calendar year. But when you look at Fastlane, just from top to bottom, the show wasn't bad. I'm not going to say, say it was bad. It wasn't bad at all. I, I really like the Drew McIntyre Sheamus match. I think mm. that was really good. Like they beat the hell out of each other. Like that, and and he, even though we had seen it, like I think twice over the past a uh, couple of weeks before that, like they kind of bought something a little different. And yeah, they just went at it, and I really enjoyed that. The Fiend stuff, man. Like I, I, I really been kind of checked out on the Fiend character for a long time. Like I felt like they kind of, they, they, I, I felt like they really put him in a weird position. Like from the gate when he. Uh, started feuding with Seth Rollins for the Universal title back in 2019. I feel like that was just a bad, bad move. Like, I feel like that character should never have been associated with any championships. It should have just been him trying to uh, reconcile or, like, right all the wrongs, quote-unquote, that others have done to him. And that should have just been the main focus. And then while he's doing all that, they should have been planning the next steps for the character after he finishes all of those fuse that they had planned. And like, I feel like him getting into the title picture and then having that match that they had ahead in the sale. And then that was that, whatever that was, I feel like they, they did Bray Wyatt like a real disservice. And then like, I mean, with this thing, like I I just think with the recent stuff, I just think it's just all like a subjective kind of thing. Like some people not really into the whole, you know, I'm not gonna say say like use the word cartoonish, but like you know, just like kind of the really really over the top stuff. Some people not a fan of that. Some people are like I think that just is a subjective thing. I, I me personally, I've just been like checked out on the Fiend character for a while, but I I am a fan of Bray Wyatt's work. I think mm. he had just been given a he just been been dealt a really weird hand in WWE for for like on a, a couple of instances, and you know he he kind of. He he's one of those people like you know they say they make what would they say uh chick what is what is it chicken shit chicken out chicken salad out yeah, chicken, shit. chicken yeah. shit yeah there it is like he he does that a lot and yeah man I just think that they I mean you I mean you you might as well keep going with it now like it's no point in you trying to stop it or like alter it now just keep you know doing it I don't think everybody's gonna agree with it 
Uh, I don't think everybody's going to be a fan of it. And, you know, that it's really nothing else to do but just keep keep going with it now. Like you already got the ball rolling on it and I feel like they're going to, you know, do some cinematic, super cinematic, crazy match at Mania with him and Orton to, to cap it off because this thing definitely needs to end at some point. But yeah, yeah, man, that's, that's pretty much my thoughts on it. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. I, I'm not massively into the Fiend character. I enjoy elements of it sometimes, but uh, I just I always find the outrage on Twitter so funny. Um, because I feel a lot of people like this is nothing new, right? WWE has always done this kind of stuff. Like you oh, think yeah. Ultimate Warrior vomiting up Black Tar, The Undertaker, um, Mae Young giving birth to a hand. Like we we remember these great feuds of the past, your your Rocks and Austins and all that. But there's always been the goofy shit going on as well. And <laughs> to be fair, Vince is a lot of things, but he's he hasn't lied to us when he he tells us what he's presenting. He's always told us, "I'm not a wrestling promoter. I'm a sports entertainment promoter." And that's this. And and I see WWE more of a variety show and you've got your Drews versus Sheamus and your Bryan's versus Reigns, which I thought was uh also awesome. But some people really dig the the wacky shit and you know what? I've been thinking you saying they're going to do something cinematic we've i'm really looking forward to see what the stage is like for this year's wrestlemania because they're going to have way more space and it's in the same venue that you had the super bowl with the weekend running through that maze of mirrors i'd mm. kind of like something physical like that for the for like a real life firefly fun house with randy running through this house of mirrors as Fuck it, throw the weekend in there as well to sing at the same time. Why not? Um I said that that's a that's a that, that's an interesting idea. But like what was just with uh like the point that you hit on with WWE, like I'm I'm kinda like in the same thought, bro. Like I I I feel like I'm not their target audience. Like I am not like I, I not, not necessarily their target audience, but like I'm just I don't I can't really find myself ever getting like really hung up over WWE because I know what their product is like if I I, I can watch I can go on IWTV or I can go New Japan World I can go watch a uh, like a, a, any any show that I know has like a really good work ratio I yeah. can go watch that and and get that dose of wrestling that I'm looking for I don't like I mean it, it's it's some stuff in WWE that I can look at too for that but like. For the main roster stuff or SmackDown, I don't like necessarily going there with these major expectations, thinking that it's about to be like this pure pro wrestling program with no hokey shit. Like that's just what WWE is, and I like I, I just I don't know if people like get like real hung up over it. Like when we know what it is, like I I get it, like you passionate over it, but like this is WWE, like this is that's type of shit that they do. Like, yeah, you, you know, and 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 and, and that in the. I mean, I, you, I mean, I guess you could put it in a negative or a positive way. I mean, that's just what it is. That's just the type of shit that they they that they do on a regular basis. But like, I just can't find myself like to get really like super like tied over. It's just like I just look at it and I'll be like, that's that's some WWE shit right there. Like that's what they do. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I just I just laugh and shake my head. But uh, I I am I would say I am way more curious about this. Bray versus Randy match than I was the last one at WrestleMania uh, 33, I think it was. I, th I think this could be ridiculous. 
Um, well, I, 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 I did want to ask you real quick. It's uh, something related it. to something related to Impact. Mm. Uh, I saw FIFO, uh Select reported today that the next inductee uh, into the t- 2021 Hall of Fame class is going to be none other than Rob Van Dam. Man, it's crazy. Yeah, uh, well I mean, there have been talks of him perhaps uh, coming back and stuff, but uh, yeah, going to the Hall of Fame inducted by Sabu, I believe. Um, uh, oh, they, they I mean, no, no, don't, don't give Sabu a hat, Mike, please. No, well, no, no, I was just going to say, <laughs> maybe that's why they're like, we'll induct Rob Van Dam, we'll have Sabu, but let's do it the one year we're going to pre-tape everything the week before. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that might be, I haven't gone to the Hall of Fame since WrestleMania 30, but the the idea of, and to be honest, it was the thought of, warrior and jake having a live mic that was curious to me at that one um maybe it gotta be paul Heyman, right like it gotta be Heyman, right for red i I thought they announced sabu Uh, no 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 it it hasn't been officially announced it's not been officially announced it's it's just it was a report but i like i i I trust uh five select so i I know that they probably got the got the story accurate with the with the rvd news but i don't think uh so, so sabu said in the interview that WWE is going to induct uh, RVD into the Hall of Fame, so he he, he basically gave that up. But uh, I I don't know if it's been confirmed that he's going to be the one inducting him. But right. I was just throwing it out there. I was like, it it got to be Heyman, right? Yeah, Heyman would make a lot more sense than Sabu. Yeah, I'm I'm just uh, looking at the at the report now by Mike Johnson, and yeah, it was just Sabu revealed on YouTube that uh, it will be Rob Van Dam. But yeah, uh, good for Rob Van Dam. Do you see any kind of um in ring return in wwe at all do you see this being a a bit of a deal or you think it's just going to be a one and done uh i i, I can see something happening after his uh after or around the time that his icons documentary goes on the peacock or the network i can definitely see him popping up on tv uh, around that time I think I've definitely taught myself into wanting Sabu to induct him, though, at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, let's get into Impact Wrestling, March 23rd, 2021. The show starts and we see AEW champion Kenny Omega and Don Callis arriving at the venue. We go into a recap of Finjuice winning the Impact Tag Team titles from the Good Brothers and returning to Japan. But... We kick things off with a knockouts match. The knockouts champion, Diona Perazzo with Susan taking on Jazz with Jordan Grace. And uh, it's announced that Kimberly's suffering from a bit of an injury at the moment, so won't be at ringside with Diona. The match starts and Diona takes Jazz down right away, but Jazz manages to counter to a hammerlock. Jazz catches Perazzo with a big right fist. As the referee's distracted, Susan tries to get involved, but Jazz smacks her in the face. But this distraction allows Diona to knock down Jazz. There's then some clubbing forearms across the chest of Jazz. Jazz sidesteps Diona, allowing her to go crashing into the corner post. Diona goes for the Fujiwara armbar, but Jazz counters and hits an X factor. She goes for the pin, but Susan puts Diona's feet on the ropes and then says she goes i didn't do anything i didn't do anything as she walks off laughing jordan grace then goes after susan but gets thrown into the ring post and then susan 
uses her shoe against Jazz as the referee is distracted, allowing Diona to roll her up for the pin in 6 minutes 24 seconds. Yeah, th- this match was like it was it was all like all right, you know, but like I I, I was more so like when I was watching this I was kind of like more so enjoying like Jazz when I was thinking about like her role and impact and how she's been presented since she's coming back like you can you you can go online and like you can read the interviews that current impact talents have uh, done and when they speak about her they speak very highly of her but i, I just like that her I, I really like jazz's on-screen presentation like you know she can be slatted into those you know main spats or those uh non-title matches and like it, it isn't taking away from the, the 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 younger talents but i don't think anybody would complain to see jazz in a title match anyway but just still like it just seems like they they've really been using jazz really well and and i'm just happy to see her kind of you know get her moment in the sun yeah i've enjoyed the pairing of her with jordan grace because it it's clear that jordan grace is kind of the the current star and i don't think jazz is taking away from that at all uh i i've been quite impressed with jazz however i i did find this match a little slow and lumbering at times which i was Surprised with, because I think Diona's fantastic as well, but something didn't click in this match for me, and I I did find the ending a little bit sloppy. There was a lot of the referee just kind of uh, pretending he didn't see shit that was happening, like the like the finish with the shoe. Um, I, I didn't think this quite worked for me, unfortunately, and I, I'm sure there's a better match in there between the two for Diona and Jazz. Yeah, but I, I just think their styles... Like may, may, maybe I, I feel like Deanna works really well. Uh, you know, she she does work really well with somebody like Jordan Grace. Cause Jordan Jordan Grace is kind of like that powerhouse slash athletic, mm-hmm. like really athletic talent, and they they just bounce off each other real well. And I feel like Jazz, like that jo- Jordan. I mean, Jazz is in, um Deanna's styles just don't mix that well. So maybe that's that's kind of like what you know led to the match being kind of like just you know in between. I mean, what do you think we're building to here? Are we just building to Deanna versus Jordan Grace again at Rebellion? Like, I yeah. don't see what other match you have you can go yeah. with. Yeah, I was just about to say that I don't really see any other match that you can have, like, other than Grace uh, Peraza. It, it seems like the biggest match that they can have yeah. in the women's division right now. Unless you bring over someone from AEW, perhaps, to challenge we, uh, one we of the We've been talking about that for three months. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, there doesn't seem to be any indication. And these tapings are huge. I imagine they've they've probably taped right up to Rebellion at this point. So uh, if we were going to see someone, we'd have probably seen them today because the, kind of that's how it's been with all these people they've brought over. So it's kind of got to be Jordan again. Uh, we've seen the match a lot. But to be honest, it's it's a good match. So... I'm not completely against it, but it's really time to start heating up some other women in that division, I think. We go backstage and we see the good brothers who are in the dressing room telling stories to the boys. They're talking about being drunk at a match, stumbling down the ramp. Everyone's laughing. And then Eddie Edwards walks in and asks them what they're doing in the dressing room. They go, two weeks ago, you were too good to change with us. And now you've lost your tag titles. You think you can come in here and be one of the boys? You ain't one of the boys. So get out of here. Then Carl Anderson gets all heated, but Gallows calms him down and says, you know what? Yeah, let's leave. Let's go to Kenny and Don's dressing room and hang out with them. 
And as they walk out, they pass Decay, Rosemary, Black Taurus and Crazy Steve. Rosemary's laughing and she says, first your shiny belts fly away to Japan and now your popularity has decayed. No, no, no lie. Give me Carl Anderson versus Black Taurus in a singles match, please. Yeah. I see it. Yeah, that would be pretty good. Um, I, I definitely hope this was uh this is a definite tease and just not some random interaction and we we maybe have uh black taroos versus carl anderson that would be cool um i kind of like this story they're telling with uh the good brothers since coming in we we've kind of said right from the beginning that they feel like outsiders even though they're impact wrestlers they they kind of don't feel like they belong in impact so i kind of like how they address that with hey you were you weren't changing with us a couple of weeks ago and now you're you don't have the titles. You're trying to be friends with us. Like, nah, mate, fuck off <laughs> is, <laughs> is what I got from this. Uh, and that sets up our main event tonight. Carl Anderson taking on Eddie Edwards. We then go to a video package. Johnny Swinger, who says, I'm the white meat baby face, Johnny Swinger. In the <laughs> last couple of months, I acquired a load of Kizash. And we see the... The wad of cash that's been passed around for months and months from the arm wrestling uh, fight all the way back last summer. And Swinger says, with this money, I've opened my own casino, Swinger's Palace. And then we see Alicia Edwards, who's pretending to smoke a cigarette, who says, most casinos, they cut you off after a while. But at Swinger's, they just keep letting you go and go and go. We then see Lenny Powers, who's identified as an out-of-work security guard, who says that he loves hitting the tables at Swingers Palace. And then maybe uh, the funniest moment for me was Johnny Bravo, who says, I was shot at my own wedding, but I must have died and gone to heaven as I now deal cards at Swingers Palace. Um, This was short and sweet. I like they did it kind of... One of those tourist commercials you get, like, come visit Toronto. It's great. We have to see in Tower. We've got this. We've got that. They kind of did it in that style, uh, but for Swinger's Palace. And I think we both agree that Swinger and the kind of comedy and impact works best when it's just short and sweet. Short and sweet, yeah. And this is all we got. And I was thoroughly entertained by this. What did you think, Andrew? Yeah, pretty much the same line that, uh, you know, that you just said, you know, it's, it's better when it's short and sweet. We've said that countless times uh, on this podcast. I, I, I found it funny when they had the, the lower third for Swinger with so it was like single age 26 male. <laughs> like, I, I was like, like, like I, I, I know the people who get like the, the, the produce these segments of Swinger. Like, I, I don't know how they get. I'm, I'm pretty sure that they, they can't keep it together. Cause like I don't know if I'd be able to like dude, dude is like legitimately funny in some of these past. Like I feel like when they give him some some of like the longer segments, it kind of is like it's just like all right, let, let's wrap this up. But like when it's like these short little spats, like the, these are like genuinely funny. Like him and Bravo have a great gig here. They just yeah. come in, put on a diff- ridiculous costume, probably film a bunch of these in the day, and then they're done. It's <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I was a fan of this. I thought this was quite funny. We see Rohit Raju backstage who's singing to himself that it's good to be Rohit. And then he finds Falabar who has set up a a tarp over some chairs. He's made himself like a little tent at the arena and he's sleeping there. 
So Rohit questions. He goes, you're sleeping at the studio? And Falabar says, look, I've hit a rough patch. Rohit says, yeah, I know you've hit a rough patch. I see you at Swingers Palace every week and you've lost all your money. He says, you look bad. You smell bad. Your smell is so loud I can taste it. He says, your entire life is a rough patch. And this works up Bar, who pushes Rohit and says, yeah, I may be hitting a rough patch, but one thing's for certain, me putting my fist down your throat. And that sets up the match for later tonight, Rohit Raju versus Falabar. Falabar storms off, and as he's gone, Rohit trashes his uh, made-up home here. Um, let, let, let me say this real quick, Davey. Rohit Raju is slowly becoming one of my favorite professional wrestlers. Slowly. Yeah. S- slowly. Like, I'm, like, really enjoying, like, this dude's work. Like, he he has the, like, you know, like, I I feel like what we've seen from it, like, the, the if you look at what he's done, like, where he was, let's say 20, yeah, this time uh, last year mm. versus where he is right now, it's, like, vastly different. And two different type of uh, characters, and the confidence is like through the roof. And like I feel like they've done a good service to him by just giving him these promo segments and feel like letting him freely speak, and it comes off really well and believable. And of course, he can go in the ring. Like I, I'm like really becoming like a big uh, a big fan of uh, Rohit Raju and his work. And I, and, and I like uh, Fala in this segment. So I, I like when they just let Fala talk like he's a regular human being. Like I'm glad they moved away completely from that stage and this man acting like he doesn't know the English language. Like um, yeah. blah, blah, blah. I'm so I'm so glad they they did away with that 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 whole stage of his character. But yeah, I'm I'm I was glad to see Fowler like you know talking with his chest a little bit, poking his chest out at Rohit, and then mm-hmm. Rohit going right back at him. So yeah, man, this is a good little segment, man. I'm enjoying you know both of these, but yeah, I'm I'm, I'm definitely enjoying uh, Rohit's work over the past several months. I agree. I, I'd like to see Rohit in a bigger position since losing the X Division title but I'm happy that they always find him something to do I think he's someone that whatever he's given uh, he makes good out of he kind of he sort of reminds me of uh, I mean completely different style and character but Cameron Grimes in the fact that Mm. you can give him some comedy to do backstage and he'll nail it but when it actually comes to working a match he can switch it on and be really entertaining i think i think you're completely right he's become a really great all-round performer and uh, i really enjoy the work he puts out every week we go to our next match of the evening talking of the x division championship it's a rematch ace austin defending his x division title against tjp austin comes out obviously with madman fulton in his corner They take it to the mat right away and TJP throughout the match keeps on trying to go for his octopus stretch. They're going counter for counter early on and that they mention on commentary, I didn't quite catch uh, before Impact. They have like a little pre-show now and Mm. there's some injury angle they set up with Chris Bay here. Uh, I was kind of surprised they didn't really mention more of it on the show because I can't imagine everyone who's watching Impact is watching the kind of before Impact show. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, they're setting up some sort of injury angle with Chris Bay right now. I did not see that. What, uh, like, what, what was it? Was somebody attacked him or? Uh, 
I don't know. I, I miss <laughs> I miss the show. Uh, I I didn't I don't watch Before Impact, and you would think this is something you would want to drive quite heavily on commentary, right? But mm-hmm. it was just a passing comment about uh, Chris Bay being found injured or something like that. Maybe someone in the Twitch room who who watched the show might might know a bit better, but uh, that's definitely playing into this this story right now. TJP sends Austin to the outside and hits a plancher. Uh, on the apron, Austin kips up and delivers a thrust kick to TJP. Austin goes up the top, but TJP runs up and goes for a superplex, but this gets countered into a gourd buster from Austin. TJP manages to flip out of an arm submission and goes for the octopus stretch again, but Austin gets out and hits a big clothesline. We then get face washes from TJP to Austin in the corner, a spin kick in the corner from Austin, and then this kind of springboard famous uh, kind of similar to the guillotine uh, leg drop Cena would do off the top rope but this looked great springing up and hitting this uh, leg drop across the back of TJP for a two count TJP fights back with a release German suplex and goes for the octopus stretch again but this time Fulton tries to get involved but TJP pokes him in the eye and if you just look off screen uh, Madman Fulton's selling his eye forever at this point Mm -hmm. There's then a double clothesline in the ring. Uh, TJP goes for the detonation kick, but Austin gets out of it and takes out the leg of TJP. He goes for the fold, but gets popped up into the detonation kick. And then TJP goes up top, hits the Mamba Splash. One, two, and Madman Fulton breaks up the pin, causing TJP to win via disqualification in 11 minutes 48 seconds. Thank the heavens. Please <laughs> don't impact. Don't. No. Don't. But this is this is a good match, Davey. Uh, you, 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 I, I think we all know uh, I'm not the I'm not, I'm not fond of one uh, TJ Perkins. Um, <laughs> but Ace Austin is a very, very talented and performer. I always enjoy seeing his work. Um, I would have honestly preferred if he would have got the win clean. Uh, but then I saw. The, I'm pretty sure you were going to. I'm, I'm going to let you finish. Uh, finish reading off what happened. But I, I was going to talk about the the post match angle, and I, I thought it was going to. Uh, at, at first, I, I genuinely thought that they were going to take the title off him. But then I was, you know, I kind of saw the, you know, Fulton got involved in the post match angle, and I was like, okay, we probably head into like a a three way at uh at the Rebellion pay per view. Yeah, it looks like that. Like that after the match, Fulton hits a choke slam to TJP, and they continue to beat down on him when Josh Alexander runs out with a chair for the save. Um, so yeah, it looks like these are the three involved in the picture. Obviously, TJP's now got a win over the champion via DQ, so is probably due some sort of rematch. But um, Josh Alexander kind of makes this feel a little fresher. Uh, yeah. I'm really excited to see more of Josh Alexander in this division. Uh, I think he's going to fit in really well. Um, the match is good. Uh, they, they got a tag match next week, right? It's uh, him. It's, it's Austin and Fulton versus uh, Alexander and TJP. That's right. Yeah, that's set up for next week. Um, right. I thought the match was good. It, it was nowhere near as good as their match at Sacrifice, but these two have pretty good chemistry, and, and I'd probably say this was match of the night. Yeah. I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, with Josh Alexander, too, a, a cool little note. Um, he was on the, I think, the Alliance uh, Pro Wrestling Network podcast last week, I want to say. And I think he, well, he, he said that this current year, 
of his impact contract is his last. So anyway, he, he he did openly say on the podcast that he's really look like he would like if impact offered him a, a the opportunity to resign today, like he would he would jump on it like without a question. But it'd be interesting to see uh you know Josh Alexander still around and impact at the end of this year. I think that's a it's a cool little thing to think about, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, where would where else would you see him go? Perhaps. Um, like, I, th- I think I think Impact might be his best. I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm saying that you. he can't. Yeah, you, you you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah I, I, don't, I don't think Impact is like a bad like not not saying it like that. Like he can't go elsewhere, but I just think he's in a good situation right now. Like, why would you? Why would you leave? Yeah, it, I I can definitely see him moving up the card in Impact. He's he's one of my favorite wrestlers to watch in the company. And uh, he can definitely put on good matches. So I can see him wanting to maybe stay and try and progress up the card there. I do think as much as I like him, I do think he'd get lost in another company. Mm. Sure, you could have him in AEW and reform the North with uh, with Ethan Page. But uh, that that tag division is so bloated right now in AEW and... Uh, I wouldn't say Ethan Page has hit the ground running so far in AEW. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's a very, very fair assessment, man. I was going to ask you, David, real quick. Uh, hit me out. Ace Austin versus Ray Phoenix at one of the AEW special shows like Fighter Fest or Fight for the Fallen. Yeah, I- I'd love that. I, I, I'm more, I'm down for any kind of cross promotion thing and. Uh, hopefully involving more of my favorites like uh, Ace Austin. <laughs> but there are certainly people, he's one of the guys, Ace Austin's definitely one of the guys I'd like to see mix up with some of the AEW talent. Because uh, he's one of the like best they got. Yeah, I was I was going to say real quick, like you brought up a real interesting point about Ethan Page, man. Like, he, it, it seems like already, bro, he's just like another dude on the roster. It's crazy, bro. Like, it's, it's really crazy, like how he just, like, and, and I don't. I, I don't even say I would like kind of blame AEW for that. Like it's just, I don't know, bro. Like I, I feel like in these situations, like when you a big fish in a small pond, you seem more. I'm trying. I'm trying to make sure I get the right words. Like you, I don't know. You just seem like a a bigger deal, mm. opposed to when you are opposed to when you jump to a bigger pool that got a lot of big fishes in there, and you just another one of those individuals or whatever concept i'm trying to put together right now but it, it i don't know man it, it's, it's kind of it kind of like reminds me of like the nick aldis thing like he is a very big fish in a somewhat small pond of the national wrestling alliance right but yeah like i always I always hear him talk about in these interviews like if this would happen and that would have happened and you know as far as like him being offered a deal with AEW, and i'm just wondering would nick aldis be the nick aldis that we look at and considered to be one of the top world champions if he went to AEW, would he fall in line and be another guy? Or if he went to WWE, you know, it, 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 it's just like, like but going back to Ethan Page, it's like, it's, it's just, I, I I really like kind of felt that point that you just made when you was just like, you know, it hasn't really hit the ground running. I mean, it's still early. Like it ain't like it's, you know, a whole year in, but he no. just kind of like, you know, got oh, slotted I right completely in there. Agree. Then, yeah. I mean, it's, it's three weeks. He had the, yeah. the, debut but kind of lost in the shuffle of a multi-man ladder match which he didn't win and then he had his singles match with nba commentary all over it and a very generic promo which we know he's better than um 
I, he just he feels like a Matt Seidel to me, you know. Mm. Just he's going to be having some matches on Dark, and we'll see him pop up once once in a while. And I think the problem is you've already got MJF, right? And yeah, they're very similar in their in their promo style. Um, just being that kind of over arrogant dick uh, who gets very kind of intense at times when they need to, and You've got MJF just killing it right now. That promo introducing the pinnacle I thought was great. And I don't quite see where Ethan Page slots in other than maybe just a random TNT title shot on a Dynamite, yeah. uh, which is a shame. And I hope I'm wrong because I've been a big fan of his over the last year on Impact. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's It's... Big fish, small pond, or small fish, big pond, or whichever way round it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, one, 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 David, one thing I really am, I'm tired of seeing on these Impact Twitch commercials. If I see Davy Richards and Angelina Love swap saliva one more time, bro, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm, I'm officially banning that commercial, that Impact commercial from my Twitch, uh, from my from, from my Twitch streams. I'm, I'm finished. I'm finished, Davy. I saw that like five times a night, bro. I'm done. Are you still good with Steiner maths, though? Steiner math lives forever. Yeah, never get bored of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we neither of us watch on Access. We both watch on Twitch. And during the commercial breaks, we just have loads of TNA like replays, but they always show the same ones. It's, <laughs> it's always Amazing Red pinning Samoa Joe, uh, Angelina Love, and, sorry, Davey Richards yeah. making out... Uh, <laughs> And Steiner Maths at least twice per show, but can never get bored of Steiner Maths. Oh, my goodness. We go backstage. Gia Miller has a sit-down interview with Matt Cardona. Uh, Gia asks Cardona about his initial thoughts on Impact Wrestling. And he says, I love it here. I wanted to be a pro wrestler all my life, and I'm here, and the handcuffs are off. I see the likes of moose and sammy callahan and to me it's like christmas morning and i just want to open up all these presents and wrestle all these people cardona says he's always ready and that's why it says that in his theme and all over his merch he says he's hit rock bottom before but now it's even sweeter when he gets those wins he's then questioned about the idea of him riding uh, brian myers coattails And Cardona says, look, it's just a coincidence. Brian Myers came here and then shortly after I signed because I heard here is the land of opportunity. There's no glass ceiling in Impact, but there's no safety net either. He says he's not here for Brian. I don't want to tag with Brian Myers, but I don't want to fight him either. But he keeps running his mouth and he knows and I know he's listening right now. So if you want a match with me, we'll have a match. And win, lose, or draw, when the match is over, we're done. And I, I assume, I I think he meant here, we're done, as in, we're back to normal and being friends. It, it didn't yeah. sound like we're done, as yeah. in, we're over, we're finished. Um, I personally think they've done quite a good job with this feud at balancing the the sort of real life that we know they're best friends and they do a podcast with this kind of jealousy and insecurity Brian Myers has with Cardona just following him wherever he goes. Uh, 
I thought Cardona sounded pretty good here, and I, I quite like this sit-down interview. It, it was a promo a while back. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I know me and you talked about it, but I was like, I really liked uh, how Cardona addressed he and Myers' um, their, their on-screen feud because he, he just made it very apparent. He was like, dude, like we do a podcast together. Everybody knows we're best friends. Why are you acting like this? And this was kind of just like a further explanation. You know, so I, I, I really, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm all the way into it, but I, I really appreciate that they're not trying to act like these dudes like hate each other. Then, you know, tomorrow we get a new episode of major wrestling figure podcast and they smiling and laughing. And like, I, mm. I mean, I, I just enjoy it. I mean, even though, you know, we kind of passed the whole kayfabe thing in, in pro wrestling, it, it's, it's always good to kind of see, you know, some I, I I guess some type of some resemblance of that I guess it, it, that's even what this is, but um, it, it's just cool to see. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of blended in with reality as well, mo- mostly reality. But I, I think it's a cool cool little few. You think they're gonna have a, a blow off match at Rebellion? It's gonna be the the big one. Yeah, that's what I assume. It'll be a Rebellion match because um, Cardona Cardona's not signed with Impact yet, is he? Yeah, he isn't signed. I don't think he signed a deal. No, so I I imagine it being the the rebellion pay-per-view that these okay. two fight um yeah when it gets the podcast winner gets the podcast there we go uh 100 of their patreon or whatever it is <laughs> we go backstage and we see trey miguel who's pacing around he's furious he's in the locker room throwing bags around throwing chairs around and triple xl come in and they're pissed because trey's throwing their bags around and Trey gets all hot and gets up in their face. And that's when Tommy Dreamer comes in and he jokes and says, you know what? You want a match? How about at Hardcore Justice? We, you guys have a match in ex- an exploding barbed wire death match. Uh, obviously, he was joking here. Trey says that he doesn't want to wait and he wants AC Romero now. He says he doesn't give a damn about Hardcore Justice because it's on WrestleMania Day and he's going to be watching other things and doesn't want to wrestle. Um, He didn't say that, but he did say he doesn't give a damn about Hardcore Justice. He just wants to break AC's neck tonight. Dreamer tells Trey to not let people get in his head. He said he's been there and it held him back. Don't go down that path. Um, yeah, and it was also confirmed on tonight's show that Hardcore Justice is going to take place at 3pm. So, not clashing with this small show called WrestleMania. Who, 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 I I just want to know the individual that sat in a meeting and said, hey, you know what, let's put our Impact Plus show head-to-head against night one of WrestleMania. Like, who, like, like, who? That type of shit. Like, come on, bro. Like, it, come on, man. Like, what are you doing? What it makes doing? no like, sense to me at all because the, it's not even like they've... I get WrestleMania is normally one night and they're doing the two-night thing. So you could argue that they didn't know that WrestleMania was going to be on on the Saturday. Fair. But it's fair. not like they're they're booking a venue and selling tickets and crowds. This is probably going to be pre-taped like all their pay-per-views have been. So you can just kind of put it on whenever. I mean, maybe it's live. I I don't know. But it, it seems very odd because they've got this studio they're working in. Surely they can just put it on whatever, whenever. Um, but yeah, good move. So now if you want to watch even more wrestling that week, you can watch Hardcore Justice at 3 p.m. on that Saturday. 
man, you you, you want to know, like, David? We we got to show some love to Ceno, man, because that dude got a hell of a schedule. He got a, a, a what he got AW Elevation, NXT UK, NWA, AW Dark, which is like five hours. Yeah, like I, man, I'm telling you, I don't know how Ceno does it. Like I like watching all these shows, but I do not know how he does it. It's it's so impressive. Uh, I, I've said to him because. The reason why Shot in the Dark kind of happened was because he watched all these shows anyway. So I mm. said, you might as well We're do cool, something right. with it because you're one of the few people I know who does watch everything. And I've said like, hey, there's a lot of more, a lot more shows coming up now. Don't feel that you have to cover everything. But I think he's just a completionist and, and loves doing it. So yeah very hard working man very hard working very hard working you've got nwa in the mix now as well it it's crazy shout out john ceno we will have a new episode of shot in the dark coming out on this very feed tomorrow where ceno will be talking all about nwa power nxt uk 205 live uh everything what else is there AEW dark elevation all of it Hours and hours and hours worth of wrestling condensed into a 15-minute show. Uh, he's the king. He's the real king here at Up Next. Hey, David, David I was going to ask you, uh, what, what do you, real quick, what, I was gonna, what you think about the, um, it, it seems more and more likely that NXT is going to be moving to Tuesday. So are you looking forward to the schedule change? Like you guys recording on a Tuesday night and then having, and you know, you guys could probably go live for AEW the next night. Yeah, it'll be nice. Uh, It will certainly be nice being able to watch both shows live. Um, Just uh, obviously Deep Impact might might have to be on a little hiatus or something. (laughs) Oh, what What, what if Impact moved to Thursdays, bro? That'd be crazy. Well, I mean, I'm working again now. I've got a job again. (laughs) I I know. We'll we'll make something work. Uh, But yeah, I I think it's for the best. But again... Those Tuesdays are looking packed now. You've got NWA, you've got Impact Wrestling. Uh, again, I I don't know how Cino's gonna gonna do all of this, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I I think the move will be a good thing for for everyone. Really, it's it's gonna be better ratings. It's gonna allow people to watch things live more. Uh, I think it's gonna be a good thing. Mm-hmm. We go to our next match of the evening. It's Rohit Raju taking on Fala Bar. Rohit scouts a big crossbody from Bar early and blocks it and delivers the, uh, I call them the Austin elbows, you know, when he bounces against the ropes and kind of <laughs> waves his arms in the air before dropping the elbow. Rohit takes Bar down with a series of kicks. Bar kicks out, but Rohit immediately grabs the arm to apply an arm bar, but Falabar picks him up and slams Rohit down. He goes to the corner for a bonsai splash, but Rohit moves out of the way. We then got a double stomp off the top rope from Rohit for a two count. Rohit hits the flying jumping knee, goes for a second one, but is caught and slammed to the mat again from Bar. Bar goes to sit on Rohit, but Rohit gets out of the way. And then Rohit rolls Bar up with a crucifix and grabs the tights for the win in three minutes, 50 seconds. Yeah, this is a decent match. I won't say it was anything crazy, uh, but that just seems like it was just there to progress Rohit. Rohit. Yeah, I, I kind of, I know Rohit's a heel, but I feel Falabar is pretty low down on the totem pole in Impact Wrestling that I don't really think Rohit needed to grab the tights for the win. Um, but 
I know it's a heel move. I just think sometimes a heel could win a bit clean, maybe. Uh, but yeah, th- this was fine. Uh, I really enjoyed Rohit. I think uh, Falabar was, was fine in this. Not too much to take away from it, though. Yeah. We see Kenny Omega and Don Callis coming out of their dressing room. Gia Miller wants an interview, but they say, we're going to the ring now so you can find out with everyone else and just blows her off. And then we go to one of our paid for advertisements by AEW. (laughs) We see the Tonys, Tony Khan, Tony Schiavone, and they're there with Don Callis and Kenny Omega and Shivani is clearly unhappy that Don Callis is there. They're hyping up tomorrow's match between Kenny and Matt Seidel. And it's announced that if Matt Seidel pins Kenny Omega, that he can get a title shot down the line. Uh, Kenny says he's done the math and there's a 0% chance that that's going to happen. Kenny says anything can happen and we're going to walk out right now. So... Yeah, this was weird because they made it out like they're going to walk to the ring, but we've already seen Kenny Omega wearing a completely different outfit. So I didn't quite get this here. Um, Don walks off as well and kind of Shivani shouts out some kind of sly remark. It, they then run down tomorrow's show, which is Nyla Rose versus Ty Conti, FTR and Sean Spears, the pinnacle taking on the Varsity Blondes and Dante from Top Flight. Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler taking on the Lucha Brothers and a returning Laredo Kid, and Darby Allen taking on John Silver and the aforementioned Kenny Omega taking on Matt Seidel. Um, really looking forward to Darby Allen John Silver tomorrow. I think Man. that match is going to be fantastic. Baby, I don't, I don't even know what to say, bro. That I, I, I think I see. I'm, I'm trying not to think too high of that match because I don't want to. I don't want to kill it for myself. Like that's what I'm trying not to do because I'm I have like very high expectations for this. I feel like they about to go all out, but I don't want to get my hopes up and think this is about to be like some super crazy like thing that you know. But I'm, I'm my expectations are like kind of high for Darby and John Silver. Me too. I I think that that could really steal the show. Uh, I kind of hope that main events actually. <laughs> looking at the card, uh, I see probably Young Bucks with. Brandon Cutler versus Lucha Brothers and Laredo Kid maybe main eventing. Uh, but again, another another good show. I'll be interested to see the pinnacle working together, Sean Spears with FTR. Um, I feel Sean Spears is the the cog in that machine that everyone's kind of going, ah, okay, Sean Spears. But I did That's think fair. MJF did a good job putting him over last week. So would like to see him come out and, prove himself in this because I think of that new stable he is the one that definitely people are going to have their eyes on um, and he he needs to prove himself he needs to step it up I think Hey David uh, real quick I wanted to ask you what, what do you think just from off the top of your head that you can put together right now what do you think would be uh, what, 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 would say, what, what would you rather see from a fan's perspective uh, what would you see, what you want to see Andrade do personally I'd love to see Andrade do ROH in New Japan for mm. six months to a year. I think you've got the whole LIJ thing. You've got Roosh as your champion in ROH. Um, there's obviously stuff he can do with LIJ in New Japan, whether it's feuding against Naito or joining them. Um, 
I think AEW is so bloated right now. And as much as we know the talents of Andrade, does he just become another WWE guy making the jump? You've just had Big Show and Christian. I think had you have not had those two just join, AEW is the move. And I think AEW will be the move eventually, but maybe not right now. And I think you could have him do a G1 or something like that. Please. Yeah, (laughs) that is way more interesting to me. Get get some get him in ROH, maybe draw some eyes to ROH and have an agreement with New Japan and do the G1 and do some do a couple of feuds there and then maybe six months to a year, then you, we can have then, the AEW yeah. talk. Because come on, Andrade Kenny Omega, I wanna see that. I wanna see and, that. I'm about to say and, and it, I think it's a beneficial thing for him too, because he can use the name Andrade. So like it's just He can further you know further publicity for him i agree with you 100 i think ROH is the move you got the open door to new japan got the open door to cmll like kid cute like that's you you, you get promotion from side you get promotion from three different companies just from being with one like i don't think you can like i don't think he like he has all the leverage he hasn't he doesn't have a, non, a no compete in his contract so he can you know do what he pleases but yeah i definitely think AEW should be the move later not now because I, I, I feel like AEW is kind of but I, I, like, I, I think the worst thing they can do is bring in another ex WWE guy, like right off the bat. And, you know, that's, I mean, even though Andrade's talents will take him wherever they need to take him, but it's just, it, it's, it, I mean, he hasn't wrestled for WWE since October, but like, it's like, it's, it's, it's just too, you since know what I'm saying? It's too October? fresh, bro. Yeah. That's insane. He, uh, he, he wrestled on, on Monday Night Raw in October. That was the last time he was on TV. <sighs> It's such a such a waste of talent. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I I, th- I think that's the move I'd like. And you can always do you could do New Japan Strong, couldn't you? You could have Moxley Ooh. Andrade for the US title at some point. I think. Man, give me Andrade Kenta one time. Absolutely. One time. I Ooh. I would like to see him kind of do what Leo Rush is doing right now and just work everywhere. The yeah. guy, you as you said, hasn't worked since October. Just go out and wrestle for as many many companies and as many dream matches as you're you're able to but i'm excited it's a it's an exciting release he he's one of my favorites obviously uh fans of the show know that andrade versus uh johnny gargano is from philadelphia is one of my favorite matches of bro, all time it's the best I, match i've seen live david i ain't gonna lie to you bro that that, that legitimately might be the greatest match in, in nxt history i ain't gonna lie to you like that that match is ridiculous like i remember that i remember watching that match uh i I was in school watching that Uh, i was trying to focus on doing some homework and that homework did not get done let me just say that that match was ridiculous like i i can't even remember the last time i've been animated like that animated watching a wrestling match like that that shit was crazy they 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 did their thing right there him and gargano at, at philly take over philly that's that's one of my favorite matches man like for real yeah, I mean, we have a shirt, shirt Gargano v. Almas and Chill. It's on <laughs> prowrestlingtees.com slash up next. Uh, yeah, it, it's my one of my go-to matches. If someone starts to show a curiosity towards wrestling, I, I've got a friend who's recently got into superhero movies and mm. she's just done all of the Marvel films and it's something that she was always like, oh, I just thought superhero films were 
kind of shit and then I actually gave him a chance and I liked it and in conversations I often compare the two wrestling and superhero films and she went you know what I kind of I want to give this wrestling thing a go and I'm like I know exactly the match to show you Gargano v Almas uh but yeah that really the sky's the limit with Andrade uh except for WWE I guess but everywhere else uh super excited to see what he does we go back to the Good Brothers, who is who are outside Kenny Omega's dressing room. They knock on the door, but there's no answer. And Carl Anderson says, ah, they're probably not in there. And Gallo says, well, maybe they are. And we shouldn't stand here like Mark. So they're obviously going through a bit of a, uh, like an identity crisis right now since losing their titles that now they're doubting maybe... Maybe because we're not champions, Kenny doesn't want to hang with us anymore. Um, so we got to go and get those titles back. Yeah, uh, I know me and you talked about it before. I think we, I, I think we head into the Bucks versus Gallows at. I said yeah, the Bucks versus Gallows and Anderson at double or nothing. I know we said that a couple times. Mm. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely heading that way. Uh, absolutely, but I do like this uh, kind of paranoia that maybe. Kenny's not their friend anymore because they don't have gold. Uh, I quite like that little little addition to the story here. We go to Kenny Omega and Don Callis who come out and Kenny says, this land is your land. This land is my land. Don says it will soon be his home. And last week he greased the wheels. They both say that Swan is a fantastic wrestler and a great person. But the one problem that Rich Swan has, he can make all the money, have a beautiful wife and family, make a miraculous recovery from a broken leg, but he can't get that one winged angel out of his head. And Kenny says, Rich, you can prepare all you want, but all it takes is a one winged angel and it's over because no one has ever kicked out of the one winged angel. And then Kenny doubles down. No one has ever kicked out of the one-winged angel. No one has kicked out of it. Kenny says he needs more gold. He wants to add to his collection. And he is bigger than Hackenschmidt. Bigger than Gotch. Bigger than Thez. Bigger than Flair. Bigger than Moxley. And bigger than Ibushi. And Don says he's made a tribute to the greatest finishing move in the history of this sport. We then see a highlight reel of all these one-winged angels that Omega has delivered, but they kind of keep on showing the Rich Swan one from different angles as well. <laughs> uh, Don questions, how did you even come up with this move? No one else can do it. Don says we should invite people over to the house and, and put this one-winged angel compilation on. We can show the bucks. And as Kenny's talking, his sunglasses he's wearing actually falls into his mouth at one point, which I found quite funny. Uh, so he puts them back on his face. Kenny says everyone was walking on eggshells when he showed up on Impact. There's no reason for him to be there aside from for what Swan is holding. Rich wants his name etched next to Kenny Omega, but all he will be is a footnote in the history of Kenny Omega. And from the day I graced your promotion, it was the greatest day of your promotion's life. But for me, it was Tuesday. Nothing more, nothing less. 
And at the pay-per-view, when I add two more belts to my collection, those fears that you had when I stepped through those doors, your fears of being inferior became true because you have no one who can beat me. Unless I step on a banana peel or come down with a deadly virus, no one can beat me unless I'm dead. Make the most of having the title here because come the pay-per-view, I'm taking them with me. This is more than you, more than AEW, more than wrestling. This is history. So sit down, heat up a bag of popcorn, get a soda and a bucket of ice cream melting between your legs. Sit down and watch the show and enjoy it. Because we'll do the thing we've been planning for 27 years. We will make history over and over and over and over. Uh, what did you make of this promo here from Don and Kenny? Damn, David, you you, you, you made it sound better than uh than the way Omega and Kyle's presented. <laughs> I, I, like, I, I, like, I really wasn't like into the way like it, it, it seemed like they was like like Omega was trying to say something and then Kyle's would speak up and then Omega would say something and then like he would get cut off halfway and then it would, they would just kind of do that back and forth and I wasn't like it, it didn't like really sound convincing like shit. You you made it sound. Um, more convincing than like is it if, any, if somebody didn't watch the uh, watch the show, they would think that that was like one of the best <laughs> best promos best promos out there. But like I, I really wasn't uh really wasn't big on the on the like it it, it just didn't connect with me. I think that's just the best way to put it. Uh, I think a lot of people paid attention to him mentioning Kota Ibushi uh, yeah. on t- on on TV, which was, was which was very interesting. I think Omega is just a very uh, intelligent individual when it comes to getting people talking i think that's 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 a very very smart move by him um yeah but i'll say shall we overanalyze this davy or you think this is just omega just being smart Uh, i i don't think it's overanalyzing i'm with you i thought the content was great Uh, i thought some of the lines were great but the delivery sucked here um (laughs) kenny is so hit and miss on promos and when he's bad he's bad i you you know what this felt like to me? It felt like this was just a Tuesday and they're showing up to an inferior promotion to do a job. There was no mm. rehearsal. Um, sometimes, you know, maybe scripted promos are needed are, for some guys. Yes, because baby, Say it again. Yeah, because oh these guys had, had bullet points and were just shouting over each other and it it really was ineffective. And... I can't imagine Kenny really doing this on Dynamite. And it, it did kind of feel like, ah, all right, we're here for a day's tapings. We're going to get a lot because th- these guys are back next week. So they're probably getting a load of these in the can. Um, yeah, I didn't think it was very good. But the fact, I don't think it's overanalyzing. The fact that in pretty much the same breath, Kenny calls himself a wrestling god, says no one has kicked out of the one-winged angel which obviously Code Rabushi has, and mm. says he's better than Ibushi. Um, as kind of, he was the headliner in that list. Like he's going through the all the greats like Luthers and and Gotch and Flair, and he finished with Ibushi there. It's it's either they're just planting seeds for a match if and when it could happen, or there is a match that is going to happen and and they're setting up for that. But that was definitely the most interesting part of this. Um, hey, I, yeah. I was about to say, David, what a, you know, he, he did, you know, he, him, him mentioned Ibushi, you know, New Japan got a Tokyo Dome show coming up in May. Hey, they do. I mean, 
I mean, if you if you looking to sell that thing out as, as best as you can during the pandemic, Omega versus Ibushi, like I don't like I, I think that could I think that'll bring the people in, man. Do you think uh I mean you could have Ibushi wanting to unify all the titles and literally ha- <laughs> literally have it as a like it's territories again. Have a world title like a grand champion mm. that's defended amongst all of these. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm just putting on my tinfoil hat here, but <laughs> I say that that definitely sounds like something Abushi is saying on one of these New Japan press conferences. He want to unify the hell out of everything. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it would be cool. It would be really cool to have like a championship, like one world championship. Still have you, still have your like an AEW championship, uh, Impact championship, but like a grand championship that's defended throughout pretty much any promotion that's not WWE would be cool. Would be, be cool. Different. I don't know if it's possible, but it would certainly be cool. We go to a video package from Violent by Design, Eric Young Stable. Uh, they've been doing these kind of artistic video packages in a prison cell. Uh, this is where Cody Dina was, where he was baptized and turned into Dina and shaved his head and stuff. We've got uh, the song Amazing Grace is playing, but like a kind of creepy version of it. Eric Young says he created a warrior that was big with no remorse. Remorse is a weakness, a sickness of the disease. And we see a shot of Cody Dina in his earlier form. He goes, will you help me? It's already begun. We see Rhino, the newest addition to Violent by Design, in a prison cell. Eric Young says, I'm not a scientist. I didn't create him. He was born Violent by Design. I just had to awaken him so he could see the truth and become the killer he was meant to be. We then see Young sat down with Rhino in an interview room. Young says, we were born slaves and now we have the power. Rhino's been baptised in the holy water of change. As we see a shot of water dripping down the face of Rhino. (laughs) This world doesn't belong to them. And Rhino says, it belongs to us. I thought we were going to get Rhino shave his head for the first time here, but no. Um, I'm not... I'm not a big fan of these. I, I did think it was shot well. Um, it's just more of the same. This is exactly the same thing they did with Dina. And now they're doing with Rhino. And I'm sorry, but I'm not interested in ri- anything Rhino has to offer in 2021. He's he's had a good career. I, he can still go. But it's I, I don't care about Rhino. I'm sorry. And I don't care about this stable. Um <laughs> Am I being harsh, Andrew? No, I don't think I don't really think so. I mean, he 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 looked crazy as hell in the in the you know in the segment, so he fit with the group, I guess. And uh, you know, it, I, it's just like one of those "it is what it is" type thing. Like it I'm is. not really about to you know go crazy over Rhino. I don't even go crazy over Valen by Design, but it's like you know I, I I guess this is something just to form a consistent consistently feature stable on tv and maybe they're trying to add more members but you know i i don't i mean rhino is like rhino i'm I'm pretty i'm pretty sure that face turn is gonna come real soon and one of these shows gonna be him and tommy dreamer versus eric young and joe doring i'm telling you 
I'm, yeah. I'm telling you, I'll yeah. give it to the summer. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. That that sounds about right. Uh, you mentioned Joe Doring. Like, why are we adding people to this stable when we've done nothing with Joe Doring yet? It's well, like, It's oh. been a while he's been here now and he's done nothing. He's had, what, but, a couple of tag matches? Yeah. It's, it's, I, don't, I don't know what it is about Joe Doring, but I'm just like, I've never been like that keen on his on screen character like i've just never like been that interested like he's a big dude and like when he's when he's wrestling it seems like he's always like waiting for somebody to like and 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 i don't want to speak out of turn and be like you know like as if i know what it's like to be in a ring because i don't but like it just seems like just from looking at it like he's always waiting for somebody to like like hope like guide him a little bit he's like hella experienced like i I don't know if that's just no i I know what you mean i yeah yeah i I haven't seen any of his all japan work so i i don't know how this guy really is but the way he's been presented on on impact he just stands there doesn't say anything and yeah he's he's just been in these tags where he's as you said it, it feels like he's just waiting kind of for his cue um i definitely feel if you've brought this guy in do something with him yeah. Like uh, and if he sucks, he sucks. But at the moment, it's it's been too long with him just being the big guy who stands behind Eric Young, and maybe we should focus on him rather than Rhino. <laughs> Perhaps. Like, what, 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 what was Jake something on last week's show? He was yes. Like why? Where? Like he he should have been featured. What did did he get taken out or something? Or it was just you know. Uh Jake, I I honestly can't remember. <laughs> there, there was no recap or anything this week. Um, yeah, I no, I don't think Jake's injured. Um, okay. I have, I cannot remember at all. I I watched so much wrestling between Last Impact and this one, but right. yeah, no, I, I feel you. But I mean, maybe, maybe like feature guy like Jake something man, or like on TV consistently. I mean, they do feature him on TV consistently, but I mean, could have been on this show this week, you know, yeah. and, and slot and replace it as this rhino thing like i like i don't, I, I, I just don't see it like i don't see like the the upside in it like i, I genuinely think rhino is going to end up turning phase it is going to be him and dreamer versus any combination of battling by design like that's that that's definitely the the the, the, the rhino face turn is happening I, I guarantee you yeah i think we've probably got a feud with heath first uh i don't know the timetable on on Heath oh, coming yeah. back but Obviously, it was wasn't it violent by design that took out Heath, and now Rhino is with them. So uh, I see something there first, but I I agree with you. A, a tag match with Dreamer versus these two <laughs> wouldn't surprise me at all. Well, speaking of tag matches, we see Havoc and Nevaeh who are pretty happy because they they finally won a match after a while. Uh, Gia Miller asks them how it feels after their win last week, and they say they're on a high and they're working their way to challenge for the tag titles once again. And that's when the tag champions Kira Hogan and Tasha Steele's fire and flavor come in and mock them. Say, if you think you have what it takes, you can have a go at us, but it won't be for the titles. You've got to earn them. And they walk off when Tennille Dashwood and Caleb with a K wearing a neck brace comes in. Caleb says they got lucky last week, but when was the last time they won by themselves? Tennille says that they just haven't found the right partner yet. 
And over the last few weeks, Tanil repeatedly has been trying to kind of recruit Havoc as her partner. So Havoc says, she's not interested. I've told you, I'm not interested. But Tanil says, oh, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to Nevea. And they start suggesting maybe a little makeover, changing her hair and stuff. And Caleb tries to take a photo of Daniil next to Nevea um, as they leave and leave Havoc looking furious. Um, we're, we're going next week. Havoc and Nevea versus Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles for the 17th, 18th time. I don't know. <laughs> this is the division right now. Like, we, we were happy when they announced these tag titles because they've got all these women there. But this seems to be the division. Havoc and Nevaeh, Kira and yeah. Tasha, that's it. And, and losing Taya Valkyrie wasn't a good thing. No, because so. you, you've not got Rosemary now, like Rosemary and Taya. Um, at this point, I kind of want Havoc and Nevaeh to split up and Tanil to partner one of them. So at least it's a, a fresh team. Um we just reviewed last week. Uh, we, we've talked about Neil Dashwood a few times, and if we think she's in the right position, and it and it's been to the point where I questioned whether Neil Dashwood was ever good, and maybe I'm just thinking she's good. We just reviewed NXT Takeover London. Her match against Asuka, she's fantastic. She's it was great, bro. It, it was my favorite match on that show. She's so good, and just wasting away at the moment. So. I kind of would like to see maybe Nevaeh team up with Tennille and actually have a serious go at the tag titles and maybe we can see Tennille wrestle a bit. But I think we're, I think we're kidding ourselves. It's just going to be more comedy, nonsense, filler stuff, unfortunately. Bro, like the last match that I can remember from Tennille that I was like really, really into... I think it was like versus like Sumi Sakai, bro, at like the I want to say like Death Before Dishonor in like 2018. Mm. I think like that was like the last time I can remember like I was like really invested in like a Tennille Dashwood match. Like she's really good. Like I don't know what it is. Like it just hasn't been hidden for me like over the past year with her. And everybody knows she's good. I think everybody like legitimately everybody knows she's good. But I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, bro. Like it's. I don't know. She needs to drop this gimmick, like, completely. Either either get a lot meaner and be more of a serious heel or a babyface turn or something, but she needs to she, drop I, the, the kind of Instagrammer. She needs to drop Caleb. Um, just needs to be a wrestler because we've said, like, your main event scene is just Jordan and, and Deonna, and the tag scene is just these four, so... You really need to pull the trigger on Tennille, I think. Yeah, no, I agree, bro. I agree. We go to our next match of the evening. AC Romero taking on Trey Miguel. Uh, Trey's using his speed against the bigger guy in AC Romero. He hits a drop kick and the tope suicida immediately. Trey then runs right into a sidewalk slam and AC hits a splash across the back of Trey. Trey comes back with a scorpion kick followed by a diving neck breaker off the second rope. Trey continues to deliver a series of clotheslines trying to take down the big guy and catches with a kick to the back of the head of AC for a two count. Trey goes for a springboard but gets hit by a pounce. I thought this looked great. Uh, just taking Trey out of midair. 
Uh, Trey then kicks the legs to take AC down and hits a jumping cutter off the bottom rope. It's kind of like uh, Leo Rush does, like the springboard stunner yeah. where he bounces off the bottom rope. Looked pretty cool. He goes off the top with a meteora and Trey Miguel wins in 9 minutes 24 seconds. Yeah, man. Uh, Trey and... Uh, I, was, I, was, I know you don't get to it after, but uh, it just feels like, you know, like kind of like the same thing up with uh, what, what matches that are than when we talk. Oh, yeah, with Rohit and Fala. It's just like a thing to progress uh, in, in, this, in these specific situations, a smaller competitor. Like, you know, it, uh, AC, AC Romero was used to, um, you know, further promote Trey Miguel and, you know, push him up a little bit. And, you know, I guess just, you know, just another... Another, another little storyline progression for him and um him and Sammy Callahan. Yeah, I I would say with the actual match, I'm not I'm not the biggest AC Romero fan, but Trey worked really hard. He worked the same speed he normally does, and Romero, for a guy his size, really kept up with Miguel here. And actually, I I kind of bit on on one of his near falls as well. And I did think that pounce looked great out of midair. So th- this was actually a lot better than I expected. And I-, I thought they worked a pretty good match here. Um, after the match, Larry D and AC Romero beat down on Trey. And then the Sammy Callahan hacking screen comes on. Everything goes black. The lights come back on. And Sammy is in the middle of the ring holding a baseball bat. And he comes and attacks Triple XL. And as Trey is staring at him, looking confused, Sammy pulls out his phone, hacks the screen again and disappears, leaving his hat and baseball bat in the ring. And Trey looks angry afterwards. He looks very confused. What is Sammy Callahan doing? Why is the guy who's been tormenting him saving him? Andrew, what's going on? I have no clue, but uh, but I, I need one of those things that Sammy Callahan has. Can you imagine, bro? I, I know me and you talked about this uh, a couple of weeks back. I was like, I could have used one of those for math class when I was in university, bro. <laughs> oh my goodness, I could have got out of so many so many L's. Jesus, but, little uh, teleporter thing. <laughs> but yeah, man. So like, are they gonna be like a? Is, is Sammy gonna try to act like he wants the team with Trey now, and then Trey's not gonna fall for it, and then we gonna get the. A oh so have they they already had their one on one right? They they have yeah. Okay, so like are we are we going through the 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 two people that don't like each other form a tag team and they get, they get along type thing? Is, is, is this what we had? I I feel we've just seen that with Sammy Callahan and Shamrock, right? Like yeah, it, but, it, but, it feels a bit of a retread. So I kind of hope they don't go that route. I hope it's more just Callahan just playing with the mind of trey uh because i think these guys could could probably have another match maybe at the pay-per-view maybe with a stipulation or something um but i don't know how i really feel about them tagging is it i i think that we are going to get at least one tag match out of it i think we definitely gonna get uh ac and larry d versus Sammy and Trey. I definitely think that's going to happen. I don't know if it I don't I don't think it's going to be a consistent tag team thing, but I definitely think we're going to get that match. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That I mean that definitely looks like how it's going. Um but as I said, I, I hope this isn't a consistent team because uh, I think Trey Trey needs to be a singles star uh moving forward. We go to Rich Swan for his rebuttal to what Kenny said. 
Uh, He says, you think a little jive talk is going to get in my head? You think a video of me taking a one-winged angel will get my mind flustered? You think your mind games will work? You don't really know me then. I've had to battle adversity my whole life. Broken legs, broken backs, fighting early retirement just to get to this. You think some words are going to put me off becoming the best in this industry? Back at Hard to Kill, you hit the one-winged angel and pin me one, two, three. But you take Good Brothers, Saban and Moose out of the equation and out of the equation and you've got the best me. I have a few tricks up my sleeve to defend the one-winged angel. What are you going to do for every situation where I'm the better man? Uh, I thought this was way better than Kenny's promo tonight. Way better. Um, and I like that it's kind of added this this little story going into the match. Kind of like how we had at Fastlane with Brian and Reigns, where the story was Brian wants to tap out Reigns. You knew it was... That was Brian's like game plan, was he was going to tap out Reigns no matter what he did. And I, I like that we're going into this match and it's going to be Swan trying to escape the one-winged angel. And we know Rich Swan can do some crazy stuff. So I'm expecting some really creative counters out of this move and and stuff. So I, I thought this was good. I I find, for me, when Rich Swan does tries to do his intense, serious promo, and he kind of started this one off like that, to me, it at times comes across low energy. But when... When Swan kind of energizes it a bit more, he's so much more engaging and captivating as a promo. And that that's where he got at the end of this promo. Just I think he needs to work on the the intensity uh thing because it, it doesn't always come across to me. It does feel a bit a bit too laid back at times. Um but I thought by the end of this promo, I think they're doing a, a good job building this match and they're making you want to see Swan win, which I don't think it's going to happen, but that's a great thing to do to to make you want your your baby face to win, especially against the likes of Kenny Omega. Yeah, I definitely think Swan had a better promo between him and Omega on this show. Um, they got, I think you brought up some real interesting. Like, I think they're going to build this match around. Of course, the match is going to be built around Omega hitting the one ring angel. Uh, I, I think they're going to definitely get in a, a Spike Rana out of this. Like that's, I think that's definitely gonna be something that we're gonna see. Like Omega try to pop him up, Swan gonna um, reverse his weight, Spike Omega down in his head. You gonna probably get a false finish off of that. I, I think that's gonna be uh, something real cool to see. But yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think Swan is gonna win the match. Uh, but I, I definitely think that with this promo, and if you can keep, you know, delivering this same type of promotional material on the weeks leading up to the match. Like, he's going to have a lot of fanfare. He already has a lot of fanfare. But uh, I, I definitely think if he keeps doing, like, what he did tonight, a lot of people, a lot more people are going to shift over to uh, Rich Swan's side and, you know, be, be, be pulling for him to try to uh, pull the miracle off. Yeah, uh, I, I'm completely with you. Um, interesting, this is the second week in the row that we haven't seen Moose yet um mm. since his loss to swan i i think we're gonna see a different moose once he comes back i think we're gonna see him repackaged in a different way maybe as a baby face moving forward um because yeah just interesting that he's been off the last couple of weeks and i 
I wonder if we'll see him return uh, anytime soon. That I think that's an interesting point. Uh, if he come back of a baby face, like it, it's just a weird thing. I, I think sometimes it's a real good idea when people come off a of big loss to keep them off TV for a little bit. Like I I, we, we, like we kind of see that a lot in professional wrestling when people lose big title matches and then they just come back the next night. Like you know, it, it, I think it's always a good idea to give people kind of a break from people when they have these big losses, just to you know. I, I th- maybe keep Moose all TV until after Rebellion. Maybe I think yeah. that's a good idea. Just to, just to let people, to, to let people enough to for, they they can forget about them enough to the point where they might miss them. I think that's a, that's always a good thing. Yeah, or or even have him at Rebellion. Like if the Good Brothers try and get involved or Callus or something, you could have Moose actually come out because he's made clear that even though he doesn't like Rich Swan, he he cares about Impact. You know, you could have him kind of take out the interference to make it a fair one-on-one or something like that but uh, i agree i I think we should probably hold him off for a a while after that loss we go to gia miller who's very busy tonight with her interviews she's interviewing james storm and chris sabin and it's revealed that storm has had 999 matches for impact wrestling and next week he's gonna have his thousandth match he's insane that's crazy. Yeah, a thousand matches in the same company. And she asks what he's going to do for this. And he goes, well, I'll probably drink a load of a, of beer. He addresses Violent by Design and says, Eric Young, you want numbers by your side. I've had 999 matches. I've done it all. Anytime, any place, our history goes back to the beginning. And we're going to face next week. So uh, Scott Demore comes out. Says next week we're going to make your 1,000th match special. It will be the main event, Eric Young versus James Storm, to go back to their roots and do what they do best. And Storm says, Eric Young, sorry about your damn luck. Uh, yeah, I, I think this is a a nice match to kind of make it special for number 1,000, Eric Young versus Storm. Obviously, they've got a lot of history together. But... Wow, a thousand matches in the same company—that's crazy. Yeah, that's a that's a hell of a feat, and I, I you know what, I, I think that's probably the rightful main event uh, for, for next week for that for next week's show. Um, it's it's, it's his, the his significance of it, and Storm and Eric Young, you know, being an impact for as long as they have combined years. And uh, I, I think I read on Impact's Twitter that out of the nine hundred and ninety nine matches that Storm has had an impact. Eric Young has been in 94 of them. So I think that's a cool little thing because they, they really are two vets of Impact Wrestling, two staples in Impact. So uh, yeah, give, give, give them their main event match next week, man. Uh, give give James Storm his flowers. That's a, he had a hell of a career, bro. Yeah. Thousand matches in Impact and two in NXT, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so it's confirmed next week, James Storm versus Eric Young. Havoc and Nevaeh taking on Fire and Flavor. And if Havoc and Nevaeh win, they get a title shot. Ace Austin and Madman Fulton taking on Josh Alexander and TJP. And Kenny Omega will be back. But that leads us to our main event of the evening. Carl Anderson with Doc Gallows in his corner taking on Eddie Edwards for the first time ever. The match starts with Edwards hitting a tope suicida to the outside. Uh, Eddie falls to the outside at one point and smashes his back on the apron. So referee Brian Hebner grabs a steel chair, 
places it down and tells Gallows to sit down and watch and not get involved. We then have a whole series of these rear chin locks from Carl Anderson. I fucking hate this move. Commentary every time this move's applied. They're trying to get over that. It hurts and it sucks. And I'm I'm sure it does, but it it's not very interesting to watch at all. And there was a whole lot of this. A lot of Carl Anderson just grinding down Edwards. Carl goes for a vertical suplex, but Edwards counters it to a gourd buster. There's a step up Gavin Geary in the corner, followed by the backpack stunner for a two count from Edwards. Edwards hits the blue thunderbomb. They're now trading punches in the middle of the ring. Gallows tries to get involved, but Edwards knocks him off the apron. Edwards then gets rolled through for a pin, but gets sprung off by Anderson into a chair shot from Gallows, allowing Carl Anderson to hit his dad, Arn's spinebuster, for the win mm-hmm. in 14 minutes, 31 seconds. Um, what were your thoughts of this main event this week? Uh, I was kind of like in and out of it. I ain't gonna lie, I, I, but I really, I really did like the um, the rough spot when he sat the chair down and told Gallows to sit. I think that was a you know kind of a different way to interact with the the talent that's on the inside. I mean, that's on the outside because usually, like Matt Striker said on commentary, we always see the ref immediately just throw the guy out or the girl out. But you know, he kind of just like, hey, you sit right there, don't move. And then you know, he ended up still getting bamboozled at the end of the day. But I just think that was a cool little, it was a cool, cool little way to um. You know, not had a ref be, you know, typical, uh, you know, ref doesn't see anything, the uh, t- t- type of official that we normally see in professional wrestling. So, I mean, well, like, but not, not to see anything, but like, you know, they do the typical referee thing, just th- throw the person out. So. Just ignore yeah. it or throw them out. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to see more like teacher tactics like this. Maybe next time send Gallows to the corner and and face the wall or something like that, <laughs> you know? But uh, it was funny. It did look like a teacher kind of like, you're not behaving, so sit down. It, it was one line that I really liked from D'Lo uh, after uh, Carl Anderson got the win when he was like, he, he said that Gallows and Anderson are good guys. They, they aren't good guys. They're just good brothers. I was like, okay, that's a, that's a cool little line. I was like, kudos, kudos to you, D'Lo. Kudos. Yeah, I... I didn't think much of this match at all. Um, it, it This seems to be every Eddie Edwards match. I'm sorry, but it's just a load of brawling around the outside, a few punches, a few chin locks. Um, it, it feels very formulaic. It feels like a very formulaic TV match. And something I, I really appreciate from AEW is none of the matches ever feel formulaic, even on TV. I get I get it that this is free tv this isn't a pay-per-view but i i found this thoroughly boring for a main event unfortunately they 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 got heat with eddie edwards i <laughs> i like he can have good matches it's just uh there's something about the the kind of impact singles main events that uh, unless it's an x division match it's always this it's like let's let's go to the outside we'll hit a tope suicida we'll throw each other into the the ring guard a few times, maybe do a suplex on the ramp. We'll get some interference from who's ever at ringside. Um, the ref will look stupid by just looking at some of this interference right in the face. Um, few punches, headlock, finish. It, it, It's just paint by numbers every week. And I thought these two would actually have a bit of a better match because Carl Anderson, when he wants to, can be pretty good. And I think Edwards can as well. 
Um, mm-hmm. But this didn't really do anything for me. Yeah, After, no, I'm, a, I'm on the same thing, bro. Yeah, you're on the same page there. After the match, the Impact Tag Team Champions, Finn Juice, David Finley and Juice Robinson come on the screen and they're clearly in Japan. They're in front of like the New Japan uh, like press conference kind of backdrop thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they say that they've been winning all over the world, all over Japan, in Sendai, in Tokyo, and that they've been carrying these titles around. And they mock the Good Brothers. They say, it must suck that now you have to carry your own bags, but at least now they're 10 pounds lighter. And we know your own Odom rematch, but right now we're going to do what you do and just go and party and have some drinks. And then Impact quite abruptly just goes off air. Um, I, I, I wasn't expecting to really see Finn Juice at all. And I like that they're doing these video packages uh, from Japan to kind of keep it in our mind that these guys are the champion and to it, it feels like it's really got under the skin of the good brothers that they've lost these titles. And, and I think they did portray that well this week. Yeah. Uh, David Finley and Juice Robinson running around with new, running around new Japan with the impact world tag team titles, man, who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? What is this year? eh? Oh well, that was yeah, an we'll, awkward silence. <laughs> no, we'll, uh, I was gonna say what was it? No, because I, I kind of cut out for a little bit. That's why I was like, "Oh, what happened?" But yeah, man, <laughs> David Finley and Juice Robinson running around with the tag titles, man. That that's uh, that that's kind of kind of crazy to see. But yeah, um, the Rebellion match. I I don't I don't know why I feel like they're gonna drop it right back to Gallows and Anderson. I I think they've got to. I think that's what's gonna happen. Uh, it's a shame that there aren't gonna be any kind of defenses in between this it would be it would be nice to see them kind of defend the titles a bit Mm -hmm. in japan uh but i i'm with you i think this is just going to flip right back but i did really enjoy their last match so i think uh i think they should have another good match at rebellion um overall not a great show really i think the the omega segment was newsworthy but didn't really it wasn't done very well it wasn't performed very well um None of the matches really hit for me too much tonight. Nothing was terrible, but nothing was great either. Um, maybe the Rich Swan promo was my highlight of the night tonight. Um, Probably. What about you? Yeah. When, when I'm looking at everything, pro- yeah, probably that Rich Swan promo, bro. He just sounded very convincing and it added a little lot to the double title match. I will say though I am looking forward to the pay-per-view not just the the main event but I think the whatever the X division are going to put on is going to be good um I think that if we're having Trey Miguel Sammy Callahan again that could be good um I I think there's a, enough things on that card that interests me the the rematch of the Good Brothers and Finn Juice but obviously it's being sold on that main event and I I am as much as the promo didn't work for me this week I am genuinely very excited about that main event. Yeah. Well, that brings us to a wrap for Impact this week. That's what we thought. Let's go to the forum and see what you guys thought. Every week, every Tuesday, we post up feedback at forum.postwrestling.com. And this week, Jomo has posted, he says, I might be the only person irritated by the Forbidden Door stuff because I really feel like Trey's whole new presentation, character, 
and this story feud team with Sammy is the stuff that puts him over the edge and gets him to the main event. When Impact was on fire, in my opinion, Sammy's feuds always made the person he feuded with hotter and more over. Eddie, Cage, Tessa, whoever. I think this story is going to do the same for Trey, hacker stuff included. And I really hope the Kenny stuff doesn't stall his progress when he should be a main eventer. Even his facial expressions all of a sudden make him feel like the most sympathetic underdog on defense and lightning on offense. I know that Kenny being here only draws more eyes and guys like Trey have forever to reach the main event. But let's be real. Guys like Trey, Chris Bay and Ace Austin aren't going to be around in three years since one of the big three will surely have scooped them up by then. I'd really like to see those three aforementioned guys become the AJ, Joe and Daniels of the new Impact before they have to try and fight with the immense rosters of New Japan, AEW and WWE. Anyway, show is alright, but always remember, less good brothers equals more good show. Whatever (laughs) the smoking weed equivalent is to cheers to you, gentlemen. Well, thank you, Jomo. Uh, What are your thoughts there about kind of this... Kenny Omega story actually holding back your your other talents like a Trey Miguel, like an Ace Austin, like a Chris Bay. I, I think there's an argument for both sides of it. Mm. I mean, you I mean you can say that it is holding back your you know your Chris Bays and your Trey Miguel's from reaching that uh, next level in in your company, but it also is helping Impact in a way. I'm assuming it seems like you know people are tuning into Impact to see. Kenny Omega and this, you know, ultimately this double title match with Rich Swan. So I think I think you can look at it from a both positive and a negative perspective. I don't think I, I can't see Kenny Omega going on some eight month run with the Impact World Title. I definitely think you know he's going to lose it before then. Now see the way he loses it, that I do not know how they get themselves out of because I can't see Tony Khan seeing Kenny Omega agreeing to have Kenny Omega get pinned mm. clean. While still being AEW World Champion, if he's not AEW World Champion by whatever that is, then you know that 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 is what it is, and they'll sort that out how they will. Um, but while he's AEW World Champion, I don't know. Like it's gonna be interesting to see how they kind of get themselves out of the situation. Like I was thinking, like maybe they like I, I don't know if they would want to go back to this, but maybe they can do the three way with Omega, Moose, and Swan, and and Moose gets the win over Swan, and that's how Moose finally gets the Impact World Title, and then you kind of move Kenny Omega out without a hitch, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm, um, yeah, he, he made, he made a lot of good points, uh, as far as the, you know, the Omega stuff goes, uh, but you can kind of look at it from either way. Yeah. I, I, I completely get what, what Jomo's saying there. I, I would say I'm with you. I don't think this Omega, this potential Omega title reign is going to go on too long. Um, and Hey, maybe during that time you can have the likes of a Trey Miguel or a Chris Bay, challenge like not necessarily win but come on that that's a a match for the title against Kenny Omega is still a pretty big thing in your career I'd say and I think they're doing a good job with Trey right now sure it's not the main event but he's definitely one of the main featured performers with a story and I, I think once this Omega thing is over he is definitely the guy I'd slot right in that main event feud but you're right the the shelf life on somewhere like impact unless you're a james storm um these guys probably aren't going to be on there in there forever so you are going to want to pull the trigger i com- i completely get what you're saying but i think overall it, it has been a benefit for impact um well that's it for this week um andrew 
what have you got coming up? I believe you're going on a on a little adventure, are you not? Yeah, uh, Martin Bushby and myself are welcoming uh, a good friend of mine, Omar, onto the Bushby and Thompson Wrestling Adventure podcast. We are going to be reviewing NXT Takeover Dallas from 2016. Very much looking forward to recording that. Uh, got the all the written work um, over on the Post Wrestling site, and I'm trying to line up some interviews. I got to get back in the game. I've been on like a month hiatus. So I'm trying to get back in back back in the interview game. So hopefully I will have some things coming out in the next couple of weeks. But we shall see, my good sir. And also, just to reiterate it again, reiterate it again. Davey is a good person. He's a good person. Everybody go support Davey. Good man right there. <laughs> Thank you very much. And I believe also you can get your uh Bushby and Thompson uh t-shirt on postwrestling.com right now, and there's a 25% offer, if I'm correct. In, in, indeed it is indeed it is so go buy the shirt or, or we gonna fight yeah, that's my that's my threat there you go andrew i've got a confession to make let's hear it i've never watched bill and ted either bro i, I i'm like i didn't even know what that i like i'm like literally i was um scrolling like a movie list and i, I saw the graphic for it and i was like well, I was like, why the hell does that look like uh, the, the the image from Martin? I was like, what the hell is that? Like, I, I scrolled past it at first and I saw it. I was like, that's weird as hell. And I clicked on it and I was like, is is this like what, what Martin got the inspiration for the, for the thing? And then I watched like 30 minutes from it. I was like, well, this movie is ass. And I turned it off. But I, it, Bill and Ted is not my cup of tea. Maybe it's a review down the line one day. Maybe. Uh. Uh, well, thank you very much for joining us this week, guys. Uh, we've got a lot of shows, as always, coming up. Tomorrow night, up next, our flagship show, 10.15 Eastern Time on twitch.tv slash podcast, or you can find just on this feed here. A brand new shot in the dark with John Sino will be available tomorrow. And actually, I got a message from Sino who just confirmed the angle that happened with Chris Bay earlier in Impact where it was just announced that uh, he was attacked by a mystery man. Um, mm. So a slight injury angle and a mystery man attack Chris Bay. Uh, so listen to Shot in the Dark tomorrow as you're leading to NXT and AEW. Then I'll be back with Braden on Thursday for a brand new episode of BD Elite. 1pm Eastern Time, twitch.tv slash podcast, where we'll be running down tomorrow's AEW and that match I'm very excited for, John Silver versus Darby Allen. And then over on the Patreon, patreon.com slash up next, we have two shows coming out this week. We are doing another episode of Was Next, looking at the February 27th, 2013 episode of NXT, which is featuring the NXT return of The Shield. And mm. then on Sunday, We'll be back with another episode of Up Yours, where we're looking at In Your House 16 Canadian Stampede from 1997, where we'll be joined with world champion patron Brent Nickel. As always, loads of shows. Check out our socials at Up Next Podcast to find out everything coming up. We'll be back on Twitch Friday night with another episode of The Other Guys with John Ceno and Mike Hogan. Always a lot of stuff to keep you busy but that draws us to a close for tonight Andrew as always it's been a pleasure talking to you I hope you're keeping well look forward to talking to you again next week peace my good man Davey take care guys thank you very much be safe ahoy ahoy
Whether it's Kroger Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Kroger has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-on bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIO, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIO.